the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the 14th District of North Carolina and the city of Hammond. We are acquiring massive parcels of real estate under a shell corporation so we can reopen three large factories. Ostensibly, we own this district. We think we can operate at the same regulatory and wage levels as China and eliminate shipping costs. And your government will cooperate? We also own the most important resource of all, a willing candidate. Candidate? Your elections are unpredictable. Mr. Zhang, there's something you need to know about American politics. When you've got the money, nothing is unpredictable. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the movie The Campaign because, you know, we saw how money affects our uh, elections. I've been saying this for uh, I've been saying this for a while. You know what? This early voting stuff just makes makes it more and more expensive uh, for uh, for candidates to win an election. And um, and of course, then we use that that uh, opening song as Iran. I think that that kind of uh, I mean, should it be Iran, the country? Uh, you know, uh, they're talking about the nuke, the Iran deal that that uh, Trump uh, uh, opted out of, or uh, hey, Iran, but I want I didn't win uh, based on last week's election. It's a uh, it's a sad story, sad story in California. It's a sad story that there aren't more intelligent people that vote uh, in California. The intelligent people didn't take the time. And uh, hence, we are where we are. And we're going to talk about that in more detail in just a minute. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting uh, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night. Area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to talk with, if you want to get uh, in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want your wife to know that you're in so much debt. Matter of fact, I had people actually say, "Hey, uh, we're going to do this loan, and my husband doesn't know how much debt we have. So when we sign docs, don't pull out the docs until my husband's had at least three drinks and he's thoroughly drunk. Uh, so then he won't read any of the papers; he'll just sign." Um, so anyway, um, but if you, but if you want to get in touch with me, you don't want to talk on the phone, go to WCCLoans.com, www.wcclons.com. Uh, you get all kinds of mortgage information on there. Click on the loan center, click on apply now, give me as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much, how much information you want back. You'll hear back from me or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, or Aaron Fredericks, and we will help you uh, find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Well, I don't know exactly what I want, but I know something just isn't right in my budget. 
Call us. We'll guide you to wherever you want to be. Um, 855-640-2020 or www.wccloans.com. If there's any part of the show you want repeated, you can uh, get the replay on edhoffman.net. Here, the third, I haven't even hardly got started. I'll give you a third website already. edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Go to the podcast page, and you can uh, hear this week's show as well as several past shows and listen to them anytime you want. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, whichever you prefer. Uh, iTunes, you can subscribe for free, and I have it downloaded to your uh, to your your uh, your phone or your computer, your iPad, your iPod, your your Max, your Mini Pad, your Maxi Pad, your uh, whatever device you listen to uh, podcasts on, and listen. On demand, anytime you want, whenever it's convenient for you. <clears throat> I wonder at what point we're going to put radio off the in the obsolete list there with Kodak Film uh, because of podcasts. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think it's. I think it's still working out so far. I've been uh, finishing up my eleventh year. Eleventh year, my tenth year. No, ten. Been here ten and a half years. So we're finishing up our eleventh year now. It's worked out pretty good so far. Uh, you guys seem to be listening because uh, I hear a lot of response. So uh, again, if you want to uh, follow me on fa- on Twitter at Ed Hoffman at E D H O F F M E N, you know, I'm surprised at how many people have a hard time spelling Ed. Uh, it's not hard. It's E D. There's not a second D, and there's not one F or two Ns in Hoffman. E D H O F F M E N, where I tweet about current event- events all week long. And like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And lastly, if you want to leave me some uh, some comments on the show, you know, my theory is everyone has, an, it has a right to their opinion and everyone has a right to mine. Now I want to hear yours. The, the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. Go on there, leave me your comments, speak clearly and concisely, and uh, I just might just play, play uh, your message on the phone like this one. Thank goodness for Ed Hoffman on Saturdays when the town feels like it's rolled up uh, and closed. He's on, and he's, bless his heart, I love his show. Man, that was my mom calling, Uh, or not. Uh, So anyway, I'll play another one at the beginning. Every week I say I'm going to play some at the beginning of the second half, and then I get rolling and I and I forget to 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 cue to cue the clip. So I'm going to try and start playing them at the beginning of both halves. So uh, if you want if you want to get your voice on the air, call me. Give me your. You don't even have to be nice. You know, just don't use any four letter words that I can't use on the radio. And uh, I'm not afraid to take some criticism as well. I've played those in the past, but you know what? I just I guess I'm getting better at this stuff. Some lady calling to tell me I don't speak well. Hey, you know what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? Keep your keep your opinion to yourself. <clears throat> oh no, you put on the listener hotline, and I played it. So anyway, uh, as we get on here, let me uh, bring back my sidekick, uh, proprietor of Scott's Bikes in Rialto and and uh, uh, Redlands. You did it. It's Don's bikes, Ed. Don's oh, bikes. I, you I, did it again. I can't. Well, after you've been on the radio with me, what about four hundred times? I've done. It. <laughs> That's the second time I've done it. All right, Don's bikes. Yep, Don was your dad. Yep. All right, so it's good to uh, be in the house, Ed. All right, so uh, Scotty's back two weeks in a row. I know. Thought it was pertinent because we talked about the election last week, and now we're going to talk about what happened that we like and what happened that we didn't like. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, apropos to have you back here so we could. 
we could compare notes. I appreciate that, Ed. All right, so let's talk about the election results. There was eight states that held midterm elections, uh, midterm election primaries on Tuesday, last Tuesday, but all eyes were on California. I know both of my eyes were on California because that's where we live. Uh, President Trump tweeted, get the vote out in California for all the great GOP candidates. So how did they do? Well, you know, the first thing first thing we need to talk about is our, our so perfect, one last time, our so perfect candidate for Governor Travis Allen. We had on the show three times since last Christmas, uh, once that you had him on by yourself, one time I had him on by myself, and then we had him last week. I thought he was Trump. Um, I'm sad. I'm really sad. Well, that's okay. And, and, and Ed, I will say, go, be sad. It's okay to be sad. And we were both Travis Allen backers. We both wanted him to win, or at least certainly get into the runoff. Um, be sad for a day or two, and that's about it. Then what we have to do is we have to get over it. And the only thing that I can say is that it reminds me of when I was a Ted Cruz supporter in the primary, and I was very disappointed that Ted Cruz did not get the nomination, and then it went to Trump. And I, I was sad for about a day. And then I got over it. And and the good news, bad news, yes, the bad news is Travis Allen is not in the runoff. The good news is that we do have a Republican in the runoff. Because as you may recall, one of the big fears of the way our election system is set up is that we could have had two Democrats running against each other. We could have Newsom versus Villaraigosa, which would have been just a, a complete mess. So the good news is we have a guy in the running. And the only thing I will say to Travis Allen supporters and those many of you who I met who worked on his campaign is that it is time to get behind John Cox 110%. And I think that for a lot of people who are telling me, well, I'm not voting for Cox if he gets if he gets in there. Like, I'm not sure if he's even really a conservative. I heard the same comments about Trump. We don't know, excuse me, we don't know how, conser- <clears throat> how conservative John Cox is, but we definitely know what Gavin Newsom's all about. And we so, can't have him. We can't have him. We cannot have him. So get out there, campaign for Cox like your life depends on it. Um, again, it's 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 about getting our guy in the office. We don't know how he will govern, but we definitely know how the opposition will. Yeah, we need to uh, we need to get behind him. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm going to be strong Cox supporter, but really anti anti uh, Newsom. Uh, Gavin Newsom is just we can't have him in California. You know, if we have a chance to get back California. To get back California, and I, and we'll talk about some of the some of the assembly and congress congressional races and all that stuff. Um, we got to take baby steps. Apparently, apparently we weren't ready to go from uh, go from uh, one extreme to the other. And uh, I thought, I thought had you know if if Trump actually met John Cox and if he actually met Travis Allen, there wouldn't have been any question as to uh, who Trump would have endorsed and then who would be in the runoff. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I know that Trump doesn't have time to meet all the candidates all the way around. And I know that Newt Gingrich, <clears throat> who I, who I've always said, Newt Gingrich is the smartest guy in politics, but he, uh, he asked Trump to endorse him because, uh, John Cox was a fundraiser for Newt Gingrich. Um, you know, the, yeah. The point is that John Cox won the race fair and square. And a lot, as you know, Ed, in life, we can't deal with ways that we want life to be. We have to deal with the ways that life is. Yep. So this is what we have. And uh, and again, I think it's it's we got to get over it and we got to get behind this guy 110 percent because this basically this guy is this guy is the last chance the state has. I really believe that. And uh, and I will. T- yeah, it is. It is. I I'm not a I'm not disputing that. I'll tell you that. I went and voted. I went and voted on Tuesday, and when I got into the office, 
Um, I have a few millennials on my on my team, and I said, "Hey, did you guys vote?" And I got a couple of blank stares, and I go, "Did you, did you know today's election day?" And one of them goes, "Vote for what?" <laughs> well, how do, how do you sit right outside my office door and not know that there's an election coming up? Uh, apparently, it's you. Can, you can imagine based on how I talk on the radio that how I talk in the office. Um, the only thing we don't have is anybody tell me what words I can say um, that are legal on the radio. So, um, so I'm probably a little bit more passionate in the office. Apparently, uh, apparently, some of the people at my office have just uh, grown a uh, grown immune. Well, not only that, I think I've always said there's two parties in this country. There's the dangerous, destructive party, which is the Democrat Party. And then there's the stupid party, which are the Republicans. And I'm also going to add it's the lazy party. And unfortunately for so many Republicans, their answer is just to leave California. And to those who are deciding to leave or have already left, um, I would say this. Eventually, you're going to run out of places to run to. If you think you're going to be safe in Montana or Arizona or whatever state you think, Idaho, whatever state you think you can live Happily for the rest of your life, forget about it. They'll come there eventually too. So you got a choice. You can either run away, you can hide, or you can stay and fight. And I think you and I had have decided to stay and fight. Uh yeah. Uh as long as as long as we can keep up the fight. Sure. Um I will tell you my wife is from Idaho and she said Idaho is not where you want to go if you leave California. She said Montana, yes. Texas, yes. Arizona, yes. I don't want to live in any of those places, though, Ed. I like California. Don't you? You love the weather. I, it's I love a the beautiful weather. state. There's so many cool things going on here. Why should I have to leave, Ed? I think we should send all the Democrats to, uh, uh, what would be the perfect, you know what? They could have the big island of Hawaii now. Well, or even that little one where they have the lepers. Molokai? Yeah. Is that the name of it? You know, I could, I could probably find a, uh, an island in the, in the Caribbean to go to when I want to go on vacation. Uh, we've got a, we're going to Hawaii in, in November and we enjoy, we'll, we take a 15 day cruise and five days across, five days in the islands and five days back. And, uh, and we like all the islands, but I think uh, the big island's pretty much gone now. Uh, if, if it ever stops erupting and, uh, I could be happy on St. Martin or, uh, or uh, some of those places, and and just give the whole state of Hawaii to the Democrats, <laughs> and we'll take everything else. We'll take California back. Okay, I- I'm down with that. We just have to find a different place to to vacation. So, uh, so let's talk about let's talk about. So we have John Cox here. Um, I'm not overly enthusiastic about him yet because I'm still in mourning over uh, the perfect. If you guys and I and I told Travis last. Last week, hey, your commercial should have you talking on it because Travis is dynamic, and his commercials had pictures of him talking while somebody else was talking, and I just thought they missed it. They missed it on that one, and of course, uh, John Cox had a lot more, lot more money, and uh, and I know from talking to some friends of mine said, hey, you know what, the the. The polls don't look good. I don't want to waste my waste my vote on Travis. The only th- chance we have is to vote for John Cox. And I know a lot of people felt that way. I didn't. I held out, and I probably guilted a whole bunch of other people into voting. I said, hey, you know what? You don't know which polls are right. And uh, so we voted for Travis, but at least we got John Cox. It's better than Tony Villar and uh, Gavin Newsom. Two morons. Two morons that cheat on their wives. All right, so uh, so here's uh, John Cox 
in the the most exciting uh, sentence and a half of his uh, of his speech on Tuesday. And it wasn't Donald Trump that passed the sanctuary state. Gavin, you did that. You're the one that's protecting MS-13. You're the one that's making our communities less safe. You know what? If you can't, if you can't get, if you can't get the guy to save California, at least uh, he won't ruin it any farther. Um, so I guess that's uh, what we're voting against. Well, I think the idea of John Cox as the governor is not even so much because, again, well, is he going to govern as a conservative? It's not even so much what's he going to do when he gets there. It's the things that he won't do that are actually more important. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so you oh, know, I'll get I'll get on the get train. over it, Ed. I'll get on the train. We got uh, we got what uh, four months? Yep. Four months to uh, do this? No, five months. June, July, August, September, October, November. No, November. We get five months. We get right. five months. We'll get them on the show. <clears throat> well, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a barn burner there for sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Cox. Stop it, Ed. <laughs> Stop it. All right, so let, let's talk about how some Republicans candidates did in Southern California, Riverside County, 41st District, which is Riverside, Moreno Valley, Paris, Harupa Valley. Our friend Asia Smith. I know some people call her Aja, but she said her dad named her after the Steely Dan album, and it's Asia. So, uh, Asia, I'm calling you Asia because that's what you said your name was when I first met you a long, long time ago. So she finished strong with 43% of the vote, and she'll face off against Democrat incumbent, our first Gaijin in Congress, Mark Takano in November, who got 57. Now, a lot of people say, well, 43 to 57, that's not, considering that Asia didn't have hardly any money to go in and didn't do that much publicity for the primaries. And, uh, quite frankly, you know, going into the, the primaries, it was Mark and Mark Takano and Asia Smith. So I didn't feel compelled to donate until now. And I gave her, a, I gave her a donation this morning and, uh, I'm going to push some uh, fundraising because I hate that Takano guy. You know, he's my congressman, and I can tell you I've sent him emails and I've called his office a few times. And if you're not part of the gay community, he doesn't care about you. That's the only thing that he's passionate about is the gay community. And uh, and quite frankly, how did the gay community come to control this country when they're like 0.02% of, of the population? Say what you really think, Ed. Uh, you know what? Uh, you guys want to hear about the stuff that uh, me and my wife like to do in the bedroom and make ju- judgments based on that? Really? Well, guess what? I don't want to hear about yours either. So, um, hence, everybody do what they want. Live how you want. Live and let live. And don't, don't, I won't shove my little fetishes in your face. You don't shove your fetishes in my face. And I know that I'm not the only one thinking this because I am the voice of this area, like Trump was the voice for our country. He's saying the things we're all thinking. Hey, he's not, doesn't say what he thinks. He's saying what we all think. So, anyway. We're all think we're all thinking that you know what, except for the people in Hollywood. <laughs> forty second, we're going to a forty second district. Uh, forty second, so we got that's the forty. Yeah, 40 so first. anyway, those of you that live in Riverside, Moreno Valley, Paris, Arupa Valley, we need to get behind Asia Smith. She's she's a she's a good person. She's a veteran. She's conservative, and we're going to support her. We'll have her on the on the uh, state on the uh, program a couple times be- between now and uh, election day. Forty second district: Corona, Norco, Eastvale, Lake Smelsmore, uh, and Marietta. Uh, Republican incumbent Ken Calvert, the Inland Empire's strong, longest-serving congressman, beat out Democrat Julia Peacock, who uh, who he will face off with in November. Um, you know, uh, I like I like Ken Calvert. 
Um, I don't think he's as uh, mean and nasty as as uh, he as he could be. I asked him about that, and he just uh, he's just doesn't want to make a bunch of noise. But he always votes the way we want him to. So he's a he's a rock solid uh, member of our uh, Congress, and I, uh, I I I almost always send him a dollars to support him. We'll see how this goes. 50th District, Temecula. Republican incumbent Duncan Hunter came in first with Democrat Amar, Amar Kampa Najir, Najar leading a tight race for second in the early returns. Um, Duncan Hunter is phenomenal. Uh, I love this guy. I love his dad. You know, uh, Scott and I and uh, our wives were at the inauguration uh, last January. Last January of 17, and uh, we were at some ball that we thought Trump was going to be at. He wasn't, um, but we uh, we went to the, one of these uh, inaugural balls, and as we were walking out, Duncan Hunter Sr. walked in. We had a chance to talk to him for a few minutes, and uh, he said, don't look at me anymore. Look at Junior. He's the, he's the superstar, and uh, but he's a... Uh, um, He's a great he's a great congressman as well, and if you see and if you hear him on see him on Fox News or uh, on whatever whatever shows, we fully support him. And uh, one state assembly race we want to mention is the 60th district Republican Bill Asaley got 53 percent of the vote over Democrat uh, Sabrina Cervantes. Uh, Sabrina Cervantes, you'll remember, was a deciding vote on the uh, on the gas tax tax last year. So uh, she's being targeted, as as well as the uh, Republicans are eager to prevent a Democrat Democratic supermajority in Sacramento. So this was, and you know what, I I had Bill Saley on the show, uh, and he's a good guy, and he was a he was a prosecutor and quit his job to serve to serve our country and serve this. And, you know, he he would say she was running un uh, un. Uh, unopposed unopposed there's the word i'm looking for and they uh the republicans got said hey we want you to run and he said okay i'll do it and quit his job over that so i i give the guy some uh a lot of uh credit for being that committed and uh he's a good guy conservative and uh we'll have him on as well before the uh before the final vote in November. Well, this is also huge because she is an incumbent. So if they can get one less dem out of Sa- one more dem out of Sacramento, this is huge. And the fact that guy did leave like I'm sure a well-paying job to like go hang out in Sacramento, I think he deserves some award just just for that Ed. Exactly, and he's a young good-looking guy and uh and to my knowledge the only name name uh, uh, recognition he has is he was on my show, and I think he was on uh, Jen and Don on this on this uh, station as well. Was he on anything else? I think that was it. So <clears throat> go KTIE, um, and uh, so and Jen and Don's on also on uh, on eight seventy. So, but uh, nobody out there votes in the sixtieth district in uh, in uh, Corona in the Corona area. So uh, San Bernardino County, here's uh, your guys there, uh, Scotty. Uh, 31st District, Redlands, Colton, Rialto, Rancho Cucamonga, and part of San Bernardino. Republican Sean Flynn led Democrat incumbent Pete Aguilar by 83 votes. This is nuts. That's like one-tenth of a percent. And by the way, I've met Pete Aguilar. He's a nice guy, but technically he's going to just vote down the Democrat party line. So for God's sakes, everybody out there in Redlands, Colton, Rialto, Rancho, uh, you got to get there 110% for Sean Flynn. This is very, very going to be very, very close. Um, so uh, get out there and work really, really hard for this guy. 
Yep, we need to. Uh, we'll we'll push all these guys here. Uh, Eighth District, another part of San Bernardino, Yucaipa, High Desert, the High Desert Mountain and the Mountain Communities. Republican Paul Cook will face off against another Republican, Tim Donnelly, who led uh, who led uh, Democrat Marge Doyle by seven hundred and sixty votes, which is also uh, not quite as uh, narrow, but uh, but he uh, it was still looks like a close rate race. Um, I don't live in those communities, so I don't have a I don't have an opinion. Um, I had an opinion of uh, Tim Donnelly, and uh, when he ran for governor, I wasn't too impressed with it. I mean, I know he's a, a good conservative guy, but I just he didn't inspire me to support him back then. Comments on that? No, no real comments. I, I don't know him uh, other than. Um you know, I'm again. It's it's good that we have a shot at this district. It's good that you know I personally would probably run with Paul Cook between the two. But at least, I mean, it's Democrat. It's Republican versus Republican, so that's kind of exciting. Ed, this is this is one of those instances where the the stupid system of having the top two vote getters go to the general election is that it may actually work for us once in a while. Most of the time, it doesn't seem to Ed. But yeah, once, it doesn't. I think no. it's, I think that's a dumb idea. I think, yeah, I think uh, I think. If we didn't have that rule, and I think we should get it on the ballot in the next uh, in the next couple of elections, mm-hmm. and get that changed, because think about this: we could have had we could have had some uh, debates just between John Cox and Travis Allen instead mm-hmm. of everybody at once. Yep, and we might have actually got uh, our candidate in there. Hey, anyway, we're out of time for part one of the main event. We're going to continue this after five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, commercial, sports, and whatever. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Hey, if you're, uh, I don't talk much about real estate or mortgages on the on the air because I think you guys find it boring unless you're in the market for it. But if you are in the market for it and uh, you're listening to me and say, hey, this guy thinks like me, I like him. When you're ready, you call me 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or go to wccloans.com and uh, click loan center and apply now give me the information and uh me and my team will help you uh find the missing pieces the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle we'll help you out hey if you want to if you want to refile your house you have you want to buy a new house or you want to do one of them reverse mortgage things hey you know what i heard about this reverse mortgage thing it sounds too good to be true i don't know much about it but maybe i should get some information from someone i trust call me 855-640-2020. Um, also, don't forget our listener hotline. Listener hotline, if you uh, have a, if I inspire you to call and say, hey, Hoffman, you're smoking something, man. I don't know what it is, but it, all that stuff is legal in California, apparently, and you're partaking. Or, uh, hey, good job. Call the listener hotline, 855-640-2092, and uh, speak clearly so uh, if if uh, you might just have an opportunity to get onto the air like this one. Hi, Ed. This is Mary from uh, San Jacinto. Uh, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your show, and I think you and Scott make a great team. Um, are we going to be hearing your uh, your picks for uh, for the other races and uh, the propositions? Some of them are worded so so complicated and I want to make sure I vote, you know, conservatively. So uh, keep up the good work, you and Scott. Hey, Bye. Mary. 
Mary, I apologize. We should have done that. We should have done that on the last show, but no, she's know. absolutely right, and she's also right that many of these propositions are worded deliberately to be extremely confusing, so you can't figure out what the hell they are. The no might mean yes, and the yes might mean no. And yeah, they are confusing. Yeah, I used to actually have uh, meetings at my office, so for anybody who wanted to actually understand them, and we'd have a we'd have a mastermind group, and everybody throw in their opinions, and it it was it was because some people would would. Uh, actually know more about certain propositions than the others and then we'd have some good some good uh open uh, open dialogue about it and uh i'll tell you that i'm sure i changed some people's uh, minds on some and i will say my mind changed on some others that i didn't fully fully understand we had a a a, a good selection of people there that understood different parts of it and then some people that were just going to sit in there and listen so they could get some some direction on how to vote but uh, hey, you know what? I, and I was going to cut that part out about how good Scott is. <laughs> That's my first bit of props that I think I've heard. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You know, we, we hear we hear it all the time. We hear it all the time, <laughs> especially we go when we get out to some of these live events. So hey, let's talk about the people that are friends in in LA County listening on eight seventy forty um, third district. What are you guys thinking, man? Gardena, Hawthorne, and Lawndale. Gardena, Hawthorne, and Lawndale, you guys are the South Bay. Well, kind of. You're kind of just inland from the South Bay. Democrat incumbent Maxine Waters, uh, you know, just to make sure you guys all remember who you're voting for, let's play some of her greatest hits. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. Yeah, that. Impeach 45. That is a good one. And if you like that one, this one's even better. Reclaiming my time, what he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time, please. Hey, you know, she's. A, I want to reclaim our time from putting Maxine on the air. But you know what, I only put her on the air so she looks stupid, because she is stupid. She doesn't live in your district. She doesn't care about you. Somehow, in all the years she's been in Congress, she became a gazillionaire. She lives in some big mansion in L.A. Uh, I don't remember the exact district because I don't live in L.A., so I don't remember all those specific little uh, boroughs out there. But come on, really? 71.6% of the vote. Do you guys, are you guys, are you guys gutless? Are you guys, you know what? Did the Republicans even go to the, go to the ballot box or go to the polling place? in uh, these elections come on you guys let's get rid of some of these morons that are helping steer our steer southern california if they're going to split this country into uh into or they're going to split this uh state into one or two or three states or into for, to, into two or three states have you seen the the stuff on the on the internet they're talking about making uh new california and old california or southern california and new california and northern california they have a few different propositions hey you know what southern california's got the best weather it's you know we're an hour in the inland empire we're hour to the beach we're hour to the mountains we're this is where it is. we want this part to be republican get off your butts in november and support these uh these uh challengers the republicans she's gonna re- she's gonna face omar navarro in no- in november runoff uh scott you said you met this guy i have met this guy and he pretty much has no chance but he's kind of entertaining though uh as a young almost college-aged guy that's uh, making it his mission in life to try and get this lady the hell out of there so props to him for even trying and by the way to split this state into four pieces would be really dumb i think a lot of people think well we'll have a conservative california and then we'll have like everybody else and look all that's going to end up happening is you'll have like eight really awful senators going to the to congress as opposed to two awful senators that that's exactly what would happen 
unless we unless we do something, we got to turn this place red. So uh, let's talk about. Oh, and you know, just uh, on just a little point of con- of, of interest here mm. on June sixth. That was uh, Wednesday. Today the eighth. Yeah, Wednesday's the sixth. It was Wednesday. Yep. Okay, we're recording on Friday, so it was so it was Wednesday. Maxine Waters held an event in L.A. for to uh, to introduce herself to millennials, and uh, apparently eleven people showed up. Yay! Okay, you know what? Vote for the other guy, Omar Navarro. He's more your age, millennials. Well, he's probably younger than your age. But uh, you know what? Hey, it's it's working for the city of Moreno Valley. We've got a guy right out of high school as our mayor. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who bought him. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so uh, let's talk about 28th District, Glendale, Pasadena, West Hollywood, and half of Burbank. Democrat incumbent Adam Schiff, who's probably one of the most prominent morons in the in the Democrat Party, short of uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, special counsel Robert Mueller's best friend in Congress. Got 69.4% of the vote. He'll run against Republican Johnny Nalbandian in November. I don't know who Johnny Nalbandian is, but come on. 69.4, Adam Schiff. This guy has the personality of a brown paper bag, a wet brown paper bag. Uh, He's a moron. Can't you guys do any better in L.A.? How about the 30th District, the other half of Burbank and Hidden Hills, wherever that is? It's hidden, Ed. It's hidden, apparently. Yep. The veteran Democratic uh, re- uh, Representative Brad Sherman, who my wife calls Bugs Bunny. I don't mean know if she uh, means to call him Bugs Bunny uh, or if she – I think he's more like Elmer Fudd. But she goes. Uh, but he's a moron, too. Uh, he toppled a field of four candidates with 61.4% of the vote. He'll face off against another Republican, Mark Reed, who we don't know. But come on, Brad Sherman is a moron. He's a, he's a dope. Can we think of any other good good things we can call him? That pretty much summarizes. We, we get through the rest of these guys. Twenty ninth district, San Fernando Valley, Democrat incumbent Tony Cardenas, who is fighting calls for him to resign amid a child sex abuse accusation, topped the field of five candidates with nearly sixty seven. Don't you guys care? Aren't there any women out there? The Me Too movement. The Me Too movement's out there. You guys couldn't uh, get rid of this guy? You know what? Uh, he'll face uh, uh, Republican Benny Bernal in November. Come on, you guys out there in uh, in uh, San Fernando Valley. Let's get this pervert out of office. Okay, let's talk about Orange County. The 48th District veteran Orange County Republican Dana Rohrbacher, targeted by Democrats hoping to seize control of the House in November, survived his primary election challenge. However, his runoff opponent is still unsettled. Uh, Rohrbacher captured uh, 30.3% of the vote, and there's were other 15 other candidates. And uh, two, the ones going for the runner-up, it's close between two uh, Democrats and another Republican. So uh, we'll let you know when that's uh, all tallied up. In the 49th District, where Republican Daryl Issa is retiring... Uh, Republican Diane Harkey beat out 15 other candidates. She'll be challenged in November by environmental attorney Democrat Mike Levin. Uh, I don't know. So uh, Donald Trump uh, uh, tweeted after the uh, on uh, on the day after the election. Uh, great night for Republicans. Congratulations to John Cox on a really big number in California. He can win. Even fake news CNN said Trump impact was really big, much bigger than they ever thought possible. So much for the big blue wave. It may be a big red wave working hard. Well, very good. Um, you know, again, obviously Trump's tweet uh, could have swung some votes. I'm sure it did, because for a lot of people who don't pay that close of attention to these elections, they're like, well, I guess if Trump says that's the guy, then that's the guy. So he's our guy. 
uh, let's rally behind him and make it happen. Yeah, we'll we'll rally behind him. I just uh, I don't just want I just want to sulk for at least at least one show. Get over it, Ed. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. Right. I'm trying. So let's talk about some other stuff that's going on here. Some fun stuff we can uh, have some fun with here. See if we can get through uh, the other three uh, sections here. Former President Bill Clinton has embarked on a media tour this week to promote. The President is Missing, a political thriller he supposedly co-wrote with author James Patterson. I think he just put his name on it so James Patterson could sell some books. The first stop was the Today Show, where Clinton expected a typical softball interview to promote the book because everybody loves Clinton. He's so cool he could get changed for an ice cube. Uh, But host Craig Melvin had other plans, asking the former president if he ever apologized to Monica Lewinsky. But you didn't apologize to her. I have not talked to her. Do you I, feel like I thought you owe her an apology? No, I do. I, I, I do not. I have never talked to her, but I did say publicly on more than one occasion that I was sorry. Yeah, and then what, what was her? What, what was her response? <laughs> you know, you, you can tell not all the neurons in this guy's brain are still firing, Ed. I mean, normally he'd come up with some smooth answer, and it's just kind of getting all garbled up. I don't think he expected those kind of questions. Yeah, he's, either. Not, he's not as smooth as as he used to be. No, but it got even more contentious from there. Do you think differently or feel more responsibility? No, I felt terrible then. Nobody believes that I got out of that for free. I left the White House $16 million in debt. I've had nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. You are giving one side and omitting facts. Mr. President, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to present a side. You think President Kennedy should have resigned? Do you believe President Johnson should have resigned? Uh, Someone should ask you these questions because of the way you formulate the questions. Well, he's he's right in that there were people and women in his administration. I mean, Monica Lewinsky was his chief of staff, I believe. Um, the other thing, though, is he says he <laughs> he said he left sixty. First of all, how did you leave the White House sixteen million in debt? Ed? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, how, how did he? And and then plus, uh, and then according to uh, Wikipedia, him and him and Hillary have made. $240 million since they left the White House. So they've been out of the White House for, what, 20 years, um, 18, 20 years. And uh, and then, of course, their their net worth, I Googled this, and it said uh, their net worth is estimated at $18 million in net worth. But at the same time, they have that uh, Hillary reported on her financial statement in 15, uh, somewhere between 113 and $52.7 million in the bank. Okay, well, they made two hundred Where'd the other money go, Ed? Uh, I don't know. I can think of a little scene from uh, The Hangover that uh, give us some ideas. Running around the desert together in Las Vegas, looking for strippers and cocaine. Yeah, that could be... Uh, you know, if you listen to Ed Klein, who wrote the uh, several books on the... Uh, on the Clintons, uh, specifically, one, the last one I think was called uh, "Unlikable" or "Un," un I think it was "Unlikable" about Hillary. Uh, he spoke at an event at, uh, that I was there at, and he talked about how uh, Bill Clinton has no intention of moving into the White House if Hillary wins. He's he'll put a couple of pairs of uh, socks and you know a change of clothes there, uh, but he likes to be at the the presidential library in uh, Little Rock. And he says people in Little Rock know that if there's a blue, if you see the blue light on the third floor of the of the Clinton Library, that's his private office. That you know there's a party going on up there. Hence, hence uh, Clinton putting all kind nothing but women in uh, leadership spots in his uh, since he's got out of office. Cause, he's put uh, women in many positions, I'm sure, Ed, in his time in the White House. Uh, yes, and since the White yes. House. Yes. 
But uh, next stop on Clinton and Patterson's media tour was Stephen Colbert's show. When Col- Colbert addressed what happened earlier in the week, Clinton somehow managed to turn it into a sympathy play for himself. Listen to this. When I got home last night on the CNN, they had a lower third banner that said something about uh, William Clinton's uh, tone deaf response to the question from the Today Show. My question is, would you like a do over on that answer? Do you do you understand why some people thought that was a tone deaf response Absolutely. to his questions about the Me Too movement and how you might reflect on your behavior 20 years ago and how that Reflection may change based on what you've learned through the Me Too movement. Yeah, you know, I, when I saw the interview, I thought that because they had to, you know, distill it. And it looked like I was saying I didn't apologize and I had no intention to. And I was mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you said in the interview no, that you no, did apologize. You, you said yes, you apologized in the I interview. Did, and they showed a film clip finally. But, but what, here's what I want to say. It wasn't my finest hour, but the important thing is that was a very painful thing that happened uh, 20 years ago. And I apologize to my family, to Monica once again, her family, to the American people. I'm in it then, I'm in it now. I've had to live with the consequences every day since. And I still believe this Me Too movement is long overdue, necessary, and should be supported. And we should all. Well, you're right. It wasn't your finest hours. Probably your finest three or four minutes would be my guess. And he said it also was painful. Was that because Monica used her teeth? Uh, apparently. Sorry, Ed. I had I had another good good line, but I'm I'm afraid that Dan's gonna <laughs> to, to delete. We it can out. only get we report, you decide. Yeah, exactly. But yep. it was, had something to do with a Clinton joke that said, you know, he said, you know, you can beat your wife and you can beat your kids and you can beat a drum. But you just can't be, eh, I better not finish it. <sighs> so anyway, and not its finest hour, and it must have been painful. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. He got caught. So uh, let's talk about the next moronish thing that the, uh, that the, that's going on in the media. This week, the left-leaning media created a false narrative that Melania Trump, who is still recovering from kidney surgery she had three weeks ago, had been missing for 25 days. The UK Independent said Melania Trump still hasn't emerged from the White House, so it's time to ask the big questions. Politico said Trump denies rumors about Melania's absence from the public eye. And outrageously, a tweet from Rolling Stone writer Jameel Smith implies that Melania Melania is hiding because Trump beats her. Uh, he He tweets out, I wish I didn't suspect that the prolonged, poorly explained public absence of Melania Trump could be about concealing abuse. I wish that it was a ludicrous prospect. I wish that the President of the United States wasn't a man with a history of abusing women, including those to whom he's married. I didn't, I didn't know he had, a, he had a history of that. Well, that's kind of like one of those questions uh, when you ask, have you stopped beating your wife yet? No, uh, no. When, when exactly when, did you stop? When exactly? Okay. I know another one, too. I better not say uh, that was very similar to that. But you mm-hmm. know what? Uh, apparently, we've learned that uh, apparently uh, Ivana Trump uh, had accused him during their divorce 
uh, divorce of having uh, been physically abusive, and then she later uh, uh, recused that, recused it, recanted, it, recanted, mm-hmm. recanted. And you say, hey, you know what? People say a lot of things when they're going through divorce because it gets ugly. Because uh, you know, health, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. So uh, you know, we just hadn't heard heard that too much. Of course, I wasn't really paying attention to uh, Trump's divorce way back when. On CNN's Reliable Sources, host uh, host Brian Stelter actually put a chart on the screen to show how many days the First Lady had stayed out of sight. Listen to him pretend to be concerned about her in, in uh, order to drum up some controversy. One thing that the President and the White House have been quite quiet about uh, is Melania Trump and her status. The last time we caught a glimpse of her was on Mar- May 10th, uh, 24 days, more than three weeks. There's been a lot of questions about her surgery, her time at Walter Reed, and now her uh, invisibility. So obviously, yeah, this this is what happens when it's a slow news week. And this is what happens when we can't talk about the Russian investigation because we all know that's just a big farce. Look, I, I'm sure Melania is like chained to a wall in the White House dungeon somewhere being forced to listen to old Hillary Clinton campaign speeches. Yeah, and uh, quite frankly, she had uh, surgery. I don't know. I got the impression I see Melania and I kind of uh, think about my wife and say, you know what, if uh, if Dawn isn't, if she's got one hair out of place, you know, I have to drag her outside. I can't go outside and brush my hair or I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I say, hey, you look the same when you first out of bed as you do all the time. You're beautiful. And but, you know, you can't convince a woman of that. But now now take her after having surgery. She's not. There ain't nobody in the world that gets to see my wife after a surgery for at least a month, uh, except for me. And uh, she won't let anybody. Hey, I don't need any visits because I don't want anybody seeing me like this. And uh, I can't imagine that Melania is any different. How about Maria? Does she she like that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. You know, she looks great all the time to me. Absolutely. I know, but if she's if she's if she doesn't have herself together, will she let you take her out in public? Um. She pretty much always keeps it together, Ed. All right. Yeah. Well. Hey, way to go! Yeah, yeah, but we know you're lying because <laughs> we're all in the same we're all in the same boat. Our wives, uh, our wives keep it together to our to to what we think is together because mm-hmm. we see them all the time and we love them like that. But <clears throat> the women will never be convinced they're all together till they are. So anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about last couple last uh, thing here. Uh, the he won't he won't get any credit from the left, but this week President Trump accomplished things Democrat claimed to embrace. First, he advanced world peace by exercising diplomacy with Kim Jong-un and confirming that the summit in Singapore will go on as scheduled on June 12th. Instead of celebrating this accomplishment, seven Democrats in the Senate, including Chuck Schumer, wrote this letter of warning to the president. Any deal that explicitly or implicitly gives North Korea sanctions relief for anything other than the verifiable performance of its obligations to dismantle its nuclear and missile arsenal is a bad deal. Duh. The letter also insisted on anywhere, anytime inspections of North Korean nuclear sites. Uh, why do they want this for North Korea but not for Iran? I think these guys are morons and they should think about, you know, Trump, hey, read the art of the deal. Trump ain't going to take a, a, a dumb, a, a dumb, a, a dumb, a dumb, a dumb, he's not going to take a, a deal that doesn't work. Well, I love when Democrats start talking tough about nuclear proliferation. Uh, I mean, who, who put that? New, who put the North Korean deal into place in the first place? Oh yeah, Democrats. Yeah, that's right. It was Bill Clinton, right? And they weren't supposed to get nukes. Well, that went really well, didn't it? You know, actually, Kim Jong Un had a uh, had a statement about the upcoming event too. Uh, do you want do you want to play that? Statement? Oh yeah, he he wrote himself a little song here. Yeah, I'm so 
Lonely, so lonely, so lonely and sad, real alone. Get no one, just me only, sitting on my rental throne. I work weary hard and make up great plans, but nobody listens, no one understands. Seems like no one takes me seriously. And so I'm lonely. A bit of lonely. Pour it on me. Poor guy. Yeah, well, don't worry. You won't be lonely much longer. Tr- President Trump is on his way to give you some company. He's going to give you a big, big bear hug. Yep. Yep, and he'll bring some Secret Service guys to frisk you first. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, proving that uh, further that Trump can't do anything right in the eyes of the liberals, let's go back to last year when CNN and MSNBC acted like Trump would bring the world to an end by threatening North Korea. The president is warning he'll respond to North Korea's taunts with a fire and power that the world has never seen. Will the war of words escalate into an actual nuclear war? What he actually said is if there's going to be more threats, not an attack, but more threats from North Korea, we're going to see, in effect, a nuclear war. The president of the United States today threatened nuclear war. Yep, uh, just goes to show if he's tough with him. They 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 criticize Trump, and if he's trying to make make nice nice with him and make world peace, they criticize him. It doesn't matter what he does; he could uh, he could uh, give everybody in the whole country, you know, uh, pay off everybody's houses, which is really what they want, and they'd still complain. Well, yeah, it's called peace through strength, by the way. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem like anything Trump can do. Trump could, could like come back on a plane with every single one of North Korea's nukes and, and the left would still complain that, hey, you left the slingshots behind, failure. Exactly, exactly. So uh, speaking of nuclear re- war report, a uh, report from Republicans on Senate Investigative Committee revealed that Obama administration, oh yeah, the Democrats, and most of the administration is still in there, the swamp, revealed that they uh, secretly tried to give Iran access to U.S. financial system as part of the nuclear deal so they could convert uh, all the all the billions of dollars that were frozen in some bank in Oman, and it would be easier just to use the United States uh, banking system, but they decided not to tell Congress that was going on. Well, yeah, and it wasn't enough to give them $150 billion and another $1.7 billion in cash. On a big pallet. To a company, that to a country that repeatedly shouts death to America. Makes a lot of sense to me, Ed. Yep. Uh, hey, we're out of time for the, this week's episode of the main event. So, Scott, thanks for helping me uh, spill some uh, common sense to our listeners. Always a ton of fun, Ed. And, of course, uh, Mary thanks me for having you on, on because she Thank you, Mary. great. <laughs> okay, hey, don't forget, listener hotline, 855 640 2092. If you have any comments on this week's show, call, leave your message. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed by Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.